We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Hey, uh, I'm going to um, talk about what we know as the woman at the well. A lot of these miracles of Jesus, we, don't, we often don't get to know the name of the person. We do a couple of times. We get blind Bartimaeus, blind Bart. Uh, we have Zacchaeus and uh, Lazarus, a few of them. But a lot of them we just know by the miracle, the leper, the paraplegic, the woman at the well. And uh, I think sometimes that could be for a number of reasons. I think it's so we focus on Jesus, and I think it's so we can put ourselves in that story as well. And uh, I'm just going to read it through today. Uh, and it's, I think, I may be wrong, and, uh, but I believe it's one of the longest conversations recorded of Jesus in the Bible. And so we're going to read from uh, John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1. And it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. That Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If, only, if you only knew the gift God has for you and, you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, a time is coming when it no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. God, I thank you that this is your word. 
God, thank you for these last few weeks we've had. Whatever that experience has been, Lord God, we just invite you into our church, into our lives. We invite you just to speak to us, refresh us, uh, into our hearts. God, do in us what we need, what you want to do, not just what we want. Uh, give us hearts to perceive, eyes to see, ears to hear what you have for us today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, amen. I just want to make a few observations about this story. And this woman was a bit tired, worn out, hurt, broken and sick of people. I don't know about you, I don't know if you've ever been a bit tired, worn out, broken, sick of people. But I think we've all been there. And uh, this woman was at the well in the middle of the day. Uh, In the Middle East heat, no one went to the well in the middle of the day. You only go to the well in the middle of the day if you want to do one thing and one thing only, and that's avoid everyone else. So this woman was going to the well in the middle of the day, in the heat of the day, so she didn't have to see anyone. Everyone else went in the morning before the sun came up. But she went in the middle of the day. She didn't want to see anyone else because she'd been through a lot. Five husbands onto the six. And no one sets out for that in their life. No one says, you know what? That's what I want my life to be like. And, and this woman went through a lot. And no doubt she probably made some mistakes, but no doubt she would have been mistreated. We don't get the details of how all that worked out, but no one intends for that to happen. I think it's safe to say this poor woman had been through a lot. And not only that, but in that time, uh, she would have been looked down upon. She would have been spoken down to. Sometimes she wouldn't have even been acknowledged. And so this woman, was she was worn out. She was tired. She was sick of people. And she was broken. That was her situation. And we might not be in that situation. And we might not have to go to the well. But I'm sure at some point we've all been a bit worn out. I'm sure we've all been a bit tired. I'm sure we've all been a bit sick of people. And whether you're not now, I hope you're not now. But if you are, this is for you now. Jesus got something. If, if you have been in the past, this is for you. If you're going to be a bit worn out or tired or sick of people in the future, this can be helpful as well. So I think we can all put ourselves in this position. So this poor woman was a bit worn out, tired, sick of people, broken. The other thing I love about this is Jesus comes to love and meet us. Even when we don't come to meet and love him. You know, we talked about This woman wasn't in a place to go find Jesus. She had too much going on in her life. She was too broken with what had happened. She was too worn out to go and find Jesus. Not only that, but she was a Samaritan. And Jews and Samaritans despised each other. And so uh, a Jew wouldn't be seen with a Samaritan. A Samaritan wouldn't be seen with a Jew. And not only that, but Jesus was a man and this woman was a woman. And in that time, he didn't speak to them either. And so there was multitudes of reasons why this woman would never go and find Jesus. Not only was she a Samaritan, not only was she a woman, but she was just tired. She was broken. She was sick of everyone. If she was going to ever go talk to anyone, I wasn't going to be a male, a Jewish male. And so this woman, if there was ever a woman, if there was ever a person who probably wasn't in a place to encounter Jesus, to meet with Jesus, to talk with Jesus, it was probably this woman. But that's why I love that Jesus went to her. You know, most Jews, when they travelled to Galilee, would go around Samaria. You don't go to Samaria. Even though it's shorter, you don't go there. 
But Jesus said, I have to go here. He had to go to meet this woman. I love that because sometimes we're not in a place to meet with Jesus, but he always comes to us. It's what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God is with us. God came to us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he never left. God's with us. His Spirit is with us in every moment, wherever we go. God comes to meet us. God comes to love us. But I love that he didn't even get a warm reception. You can read between the lines in the conversation. Um, Why are you asking me for a drink? Get your own drink. Um, Are you greater than Jacob? Why do you worship over there when my place is better? And so Jesus, the Son of God, travelled to meet this woman, took time to talk to this woman, but he wasn't even really warmly received. He was given attitude. And that's why I think the conversation is so long. But that's the grace and love of Jesus. That not only does he come to find us, even when we're not ready to meet with him, he still loves us and meets us, waits for us. You know, the conversation ended when it did, but I reckon Jesus would have kept on talking. And I don't know about you and me, but I know in my life there'd be times where, especially in, in reflection, I know God's with me, I know God's loved me, but I might have been a bit too grumpy, I might have been a bit too tired, a bit too sick of people, a bit too broken to acknowledge Him, but He's with me, He loves me in every moment. That's so graceful. I know if parents, you've had kids where, if they get in a huff and a puff, when I do something wrong, you've got to send them to their bed and they're livid about it. They come out all grumpy. You don't just go off to work and leave them by themselves for the day. Mara did it the other day. She got in a huff and a puff. Had to send her to her room. She was very angry about that. And she was trying to tell me off. And I just said, all right, you can deal with it. I'll see you next week. Or No, you're there to love, to restore, to reconcile. That's what God is for us, that wherever we go in life, whoever we're feeling, whatever we're going through, whatever we do to someone else that isn't right, he's just there ready to love, ready to restore, ready to give grace. Sometimes we're not in a position to meet with Jesus, but he's always in the position to meet with us. It's such an incredible story of grace in here. Another thing I observe in this is Jesus is always willing and ready to deal with that, that the core, the heart of the issue, rather than all the other stuff going on. I'll read a part of this. I quite, it's almost a little bit comical. And I think Jesus was getting sick of going around in circles because he's trying to explain about living water and she's talking about literal water. And Jesus like, oh gosh, she's not getting the, the imagery. And so he just tells her, go and get your husband. <laughs> just cut straight to the point. They're talking about water. It isn't working. Go and get your husband. I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, you've got five. Well, you had five and you're on to the six. And it's not even your husband. And uh, you could almost sense the awkwardness in the conversation because she tries to change the topic. Sir, you must be a prophet. So tell me why you worship in Jerusalem or we worship here. Let's change the topic. Let's not talk about all my husbands and relationship. Let's talk about where you worship instead. You can kind of read through this conversation with this woman that 
Jesus had one goal. Reveal who he was to her. He is the Messiah. He is the Saviour. He was interested in who was Lord, who was Saviour in her life. That's what he was interested in. She was interested in the water. Uh, she was interested in where you meant to worship. She was interested in the Jewish-Samaritan relationship. She had a lot going on in her life. Jesus didn't stop in that moment and give her relationship advice. Say, hey, uh, this is how you make the six-one work. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't interested in talking to her about how to make the next marriage work. He was interested in who was saviour. And Jesus, what he does, he cuts right to the core of it. Right to the core of what it's about. You know, there's a lot of stuff Jesus could deal with in our lives. And some he does. Some he leaves for a little while later. Some of it just works out itself. But Jesus is concerned with one thing above all, was who's Lord of our lives, who's Saviour. For example, when we come to know Jesus for the first time, he, he's more interested in who's Lord and knowing that his love for us rather than how we judge others. Because if we can know who God is and his purpose for us, the judgment will just work out itself. Jesus cuts to the core. He's not interested in everything. He's interested in who's saviour. The rest, he'll work it out. Now, Romans says, So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of the world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. That's what God does. He says, come to me, follow me, and I'll transform you as you go. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, that can be quite confronting, that God knows everything. He knows all my motives. He knows all my desires. He knows my heart. He wants to deal with my heart. Well, sometimes we'd rather God deal with the rest than the core of it. But when we know his character, when we know his love, you look at Jesus in this story, his patience, his love, his grace. Think of the best relationships in your life. I hope they're open. I hope they're loving. I hope they're honest. You know, when, when you get to a, a place where you're comfortable with someone to be honest with them, to be open with them, when you're not putting on a, a, a mask or anything like that, or if you're not pretending to be someone you're not, that's when you're most relaxed. That's when you, you're yourself. When you've got that friend or family member where you can just be you, where you can show them the good, the bad and the ugly, where you don't have to pretend to be something. Just open and honest and vulnerable. Now, we're not going to have that with everyone, and we probably shouldn't. But imagine if we can come to God like that, just being open, honest. That's, that's what a real loving relationship is, is coming to God. God, you know it anyway. <laughs> I need help in this. God, I'm feeling like this. Or God, I, also, I just need you. I want to meet with you. What a relationship that would be. Because he wants to go to the heart, the heart of it all. You know, Jesus said he's living water. 
in this uh, narrative, he describes himself as living water, eternal water. Water's powerful. Water's a need. You know, in our current rental property, when we moved in, the front lawn wasn't lawn, it was dirt. It wasn't even, you know when it's yellow and it's dying? It wasn't even yellow, it was just dirt. There was like glimpses of like browny, yellowy bits every now and then, but it was just straight up dirt. And I had a bachelor living there for a couple of years before and I don't think you know what a hose or a sprinkler was. And, and so I wanted to work on this lawn. And it's been on a journey. I've been in there a couple of years and there's been moments of dirt, there's been moments of yellow... Right now, it's looking probably 70% green, 30% dirt. I'm quite happy with it. And, uh, but it's because I've been watering it a lot. Because water brings life. Water's powerful. And, and Jesus describes himself as living water. And water does a number of things. Water sustains. You know, I can't water my lawn once in February and expect it to get me through to, say, June. Water isn't uh, sustaining water. You can't have a drink on a Monday, have a drink and wake up for work Monday morning, I'll have a drink of water and I might have the next one Thursday afternoon. It doesn't work like that. You gotta, it sustains you, it helps your body work in so many different ways. Our mind, our physical body. Water keeps you going. Living water, Jesus, keeps you going in the journey of faith but life. See, faith is the foundation only when it actually is. It's meant to be the foundation. And so when we live off this living water, it enables us to live, to journey, to grow, continue, continue on. Water sustains. Water refreshes. Then not if you've ever been working on a hot day and that big drink of water, nothing's better. Maybe after playing sport or doing something. Or it's refreshment. It's what living water is as well. It's refreshment. It's like a peace. It's like a rest. It's a, it's a refreshment for our souls. I love it because when we have refreshment for our spirit and our souls, it goes forward to our minds, to our bodies. It's a refreshment. Now, water brings life and growth. When I water my lawn, it gets greener, it gets fuller. More grass heads grow. But when we when we receive living water from Jesus, we grow in our, in our spiritual lives. We grow in our lives. We grow in strength. We grow in peace. We grow in love. We grow in joy. We grow in the fruits of the Spirit. I love the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Self-control, our favorite one. You know, sometimes I think the fruits of the Spirit is like you just pick off the one you like. I'll pick off love. And joy and peace will leave self-control at the back of the cluster. You know how it's written, the fruits of the Spirit is like, they all come together. You can't, you got, if you want one, you've got to have them all. <laughs> and so Jesus wants to grow this in our lives. And what happens is we receive from Jesus. He didn't say, oh, go and be more loving. He says, follow me and I'll bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, this is what I'll produce in your life. This love, this joy, this peace, this kindness, this gentleness, this self-control. As you drink from me, as you drink living water, this will flow out of your life. It brings growth. You know, when I water my lawn, I've got a sprinkler that's too big. And so it's either nothing or everything. And so it sprays. It's all right going horizontally, but vertically it hits the, hits the garden beds and something else a bit of pavement and sometimes my car and 
what it does is sometimes the water spreads out and you see a bit of life in the garden beds or a bit of, it's not really a garden bed, it's just a bed because there's no garden in there. But it brings up, you can see bits of green coming up because when you water it spreads out. And that's like when we receive from Jesus, we're, we're given living water into our lives but it spreads and pours out to those around us. We, it, it spreads out. We, we receive it, but it spreads out to our family and our community and our friends. And, and What I think we often do is we come to Jesus when we're nearly empty, like this bottle. I didn't even plan that. I was just thirsty. Right. But we come to Jesus and we're nearly empty. And we're like, Jesus... I'm, I'm tired, I'm a bit broken, I'm sick of people, um, I'm not loving worship right now, it's hard to read, I'm just a bit, I'm empty, I need, I need fresh, I need, what you're asking for is living water, you're asking really what living water is, Jesus. you're asking for Jesus, God I, need Jesus. God I need I need more of you, I just need help. And it's like we come empty. And what we do is we get filled back up and then we goes down empty again and we get filled up again and it comes empty again. And... But imagine if we didn't leave, wait for it to go empty. Imagine if, imagine, if, imagine if you had a cup on top of your head. Peter, I'll just choose you for a sec. And if we had this empty cup on the top of our head, and you get filled up and off you go for the rest of the day. But imagine if I had a full bottle of water and I poured it over Peter's head. I reckon Judy would get a bit wet. Some might hit Chris's shoes, right? And so when it spreads out the most is not when we come to Jesus when we're empty. When we come to Jesus, when life's good, when we're feeling fresh of the Spirit, when we're feeling full of God, when we can come to Jesus like that, it spreads out, it pours out. See, there's never not a good time to receive from Jesus. When you're empty, when you're full, when you're halfway, it's always a good time to receive. If you're empty, it fills you back up. But if you're full, then it's just going to flow out from you. There's never a bad time to meet with Jesus. Empty, full, halfway. More of him never is never a bad thing. You know, it goes empty because we give out. We give out to family, to work, we give out. And when we give out on nothing, whatever we give won't be from Jesus, I guarantee you. <laughs> and, it won't, and it might not be pretty. So if you're giving out, you've got to fill up. And how do we fill up? Well, Jesus himself said it in a... Verse 10 says, Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. Jesus said, It's pretty simple. Come to me and ask me and I'll give it to you. Jesus doesn't make it hard for us. Jesus doesn't say, Hey, you've got to come to these four services. You've got to say the right prayer. You've got to give the right amount in the offering. And you've got to put up your hands at the right time. And it doesn't say anything. Jesus says, Come to me, ask. And you'll receive it. He makes it so simple, so easy for us because he knows often we're not in the best shape to go and find him and manufacture a perfect opportunity. So he says, just come to me. And he's with us. We know that because he came to meet us. Ask and you'll receive it. Living water. Whether you're full, empty, halfway, if you don't know where your cup is, (laughs) we can receive it from Jesus. We're going to spend a bit of time there and we're going to receive living water. I've got one more. 
you know, meeting with Jesus, being filled with living water, it can change our destiny and everything with it. You know, if you read your Bible and you read this story of the woman at the well, you wouldn't read about the woman at the well ever again. And a lot of the miracles are Jesus. But if you go read some history of that time, you'll read about the woman at the well. And uh, she actually went on to be called Saint Fotini, called, uh, uh, called the Enlightened One. This historical data that says on the day of Pentecost she was baptised with her five sisters. You know, this woman at the well was actually a missionary and an evangelist for the rest of her life. She went as far as Africa. You know, as all this, you look it up, woman at the well, saint, you're going to find a lot of information. It says one day she felt from God to go back to Rome. She caused quite a fuss in Rome. And she was brought before Nero, the emperor. This is like the emperor of, of Rome. This is the top guy. And he wanted to uh, change her mind. And so we thought, oh, you know what? It was her and her sisters. I know what I'll get him with, nice clothes, jewellery and riches. And I'll send my daughter to talk to her. You find this historically. You know what happened? She converted Nero's daughter to Christianity. This is history. A little bit of torture later. And there's even some stories of how some of the torture didn't work. <laughs> she died, went to be with Jesus. It actually said at the end of her life, she was held in the same regard as the apostles and the disciples of Jesus. This woman at the well, five husbands onto the sixth fella, ended up being a missionary evangelizing. You know, she took her sisters back to Rome. She took some of her sons as well. So I don't know how that all worked out, but they were believing in Jesus. And so from this absolute mess, from this woman who was too tired, worn out, broken, sick of people, a Samaritan, a woman, you tick every box, Jesus came to meet her. She received living water. And now she's known as Saint Fatini, the enlightened one. Look at historical writings of that period after she's held in such high regard with the apostles for spreading the gospel. That's what living water does. That's what Jesus does. It transforms your destiny, your future, and everyone else around you. That's how powerful it is. I wonder if we could have the, the band. So I wonder as we finish, if we could just spend some time meeting with Jesus. Receiving living water. Like I said, you can receive if you're full, empty, in the middle, haven't got your cup. doesn't matter. But it's living water, Jesus, he sustains, he refreshes, he brings new life. He, he pours out, he spreads out his goodness and love. Jesus said, it's easy, just come to me, ask and you'll receive it. God promises he's here today. Not only does the word say we're two or more gathered, he's with us. 
but Holy Spirit, God's presence. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit come. And the Bible says, if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit's within you. It's God's presence on earth. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Spirit could come. Because right now, God is here. He's with us. He's with you. He can meet us corporately all together as a church, but He can meet us individually. Meet us, minister, refresh, bring life. It's incredible. And we don't have to be empty. We, don't have to, we can just come and meet with Jesus. He said, just ask and I'll give it to you. You don't have to jump through the hoops. And I think whatever excuses we have or we can't receive from Jesus, I think this woman at the world blows it out of the water. See, when you look at some of these, when you put yourself in that position, our excuses don't stand up too strong. Come and ask and receive. Life, living water. I love it because it's living water, but it's not just what we want, what we think we need. It's what we actually need. Jesus didn't go and give her marital advice. He came and revealed himself as the saviour. Half time, I don't even know what I want or need. That's why we just come to Jesus and say, just give me what I need. Just, just have your way. Just transform me from the inside out. And if you, if you need peace, you'll end up with peace. If you need strength, you'll end up with that. Just come, ask, and you'll receive. Now, we're just going to worship for a little bit. Worship's incredible. Worship's when we come to God and just look to Him. Focus on Him. Open up our hearts. We don't have to manufacture. We just come and look and worship. And it's like that moment when she realized you are the Messiah. That's, that. That's what worship is. It's, it's, we've got all this other stuff going on, some good, some bad. But when we come and we actually fix our attention on God, it's like, oh, yes. That's when we receive the living water. That's when we receive God. That's when He meets us. When we get rid of the rest. God, we just want to meet you. God, we just want to be filled afresh today. God, I'll just pray for every individual here. No matter their story, their context, their week, how they're feeling in their faith, it doesn't matter because you are here. And you said, ask and you will receive living water. So I'll just pray for living water for us, God, which is really you, Jesus. Jesus, fill us with more of yourself. Whatever we need, God, we just ask, have your way in us. We don't come with an agenda. We don't come with a to-do list. We don't come with do this, this and that. We just say, God, we just want more of you. We just want you. You know us better. You know our innermost thoughts and desires. You know our hearts. You know our lives. And you love us so much. You came to meet us. You came to love us. So we just come humbly, openly, vulnerably to you and just say, we just want more of you. We just want you, God. Have your way in me. Have your way in me. We ask of you, give us living water, God. Give us living water. Holy Spirit, come and pour out your presence. God, I just declare you'll fill every single person in this place. Holy Spirit, come.